0: Hello, and welcome to The Niche Podcast for Friday, May 23rd, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: And I'm Kelly Shaper.
0: And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we discuss programming a stateless SMS app with Twilio, managing web app releases with Capistrano, and dreading our children's entry into teenhood. (laughs) Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Hello there.
1: Hello. You sounded very robot-y when you first connected there, so hello there came out very strange.
0: <laughs> I was just plugging my headphones in, it might have done something. Or maybe I'm just robot today.
1: Maybe. J-bot.
0: Exactly. What's going on there?
1: Uh, not much.
0: Just replacing earbuds.
1: <laughs> yeah, replacing earbuds like crazy. <laughs>
0: You know, you know it's a problem when you're um, buying them by the gross.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that idea, though. Yeah, yeah. Just get like a dozen cheap headphones and like strewn, leave them strewn around the house.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to leave them strewn around the house. I'm just going to keep them all in a in a box in the closet. Like when one pair breaks, I'll just okay, toss her another one. <laughs>
0: Supply cabinet.
1: Yeah. Earbud supply cabinet.
0: <laughs> awesome. Gotta have your earbuds.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess I guess expecting an, an almost twelve year old to not break them. They're sort of fragile little things. So
0: Yeah. Does she, is she like an iPod touch user or does she have a phone?
1: iPod touch. Yeah. I mean, she has a phone too, but she mostly uses the iPod Touch. Gotcha. She only takes the phone with her when she needs to be making phone calls.
0: Right. Well, she's already like a business traveler. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Let's see. Do we have any housekeeping, do you think?
1: Uh, not that I'm aware of.
0: Let me pull up the niche calendar. I don't think so. Um, Cool. So, I guess we could just jump right into it. I think we have a couple of different things to talk about today.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Do you want to kick off with the... Uh, well, so so background. Hey, Uh-oh.
1: hang on, let me deal with the dog. Elvis, shut up! Like that'll really work.
0: <laughs> that one's going down in niche history. <laughs> <laughs> ghost of Elvis floating around Kentucky barking at you.
1: Yeah, well, I'm expecting a package. I thought he might have been barking at the FedEx truck, but there's Uh, no one out there, so uh. he's just just barking for the hell of it. Yeah,
0: that's a dog job.
1: Yeah.
0: Alright, so I guess uh, I haven't got a ton to talk about on my end, so maybe I'll just start with with mine. I don't know.
1: Okay, that works.
0: So, uh, I got... uh, roped into doing a it's a little bit of consulting for a friend of my dad's uh, family friend I actually am friends with his son as well Um, and it's I got sucked into it because it's one of those like make the world a better place things and it's really cool Mm -hmm. Um, they are doing a, uh, a, a smoking cessation campaign for teens and the the they wanted to set up a system that is basically has interactive text messaging for uh, kids in high school who want to quit smoking or whatever, whatever nicotine products they're uh, enjoying. And uh, so it's like a pure Twilio project, which is so fun.
1: Yeah. That sounds fun.
0: Yeah. It's really cool. And we've done, we've done some simple stuff before where, you know, you send in, uh, like, I think it was Avalio, you'd text a, uh, whatever, a string to Avalio and it would check for the .com and it would come back at you yeah. uh, with whether or not it was available. Um, but this is definitely a lot more involved where, where there's like a database full of, um, we call them flows, and each flow has a step. Mm-hmm. So like the like the first flow is like the enrollment flow. So somebody texts start to the, the phone number, and the enrollment flow starts, and it, it goes down. and, you know says like four or five statements back to the person. So it's like oh welcome to the program, and here's a little bit about us, and da, da da da, and then it gets to a step in the flow that's a question. Yeah, and you have to sit there and wait for the response. So the so. Um, you know, that, that text message is basically sitting on their phone until they respond to it. And at this point I was, I was stuck. I was like, well, how do I deal with that? You know? So like, okay, I can, I can sit there and wait for the next input. That's fine. But what do I do with it when it comes in? Because there's a bunch of different questions. There's probably over the course of the program, I'm probably going to ask them like 20, 20 questions, let's say. (coughs) And you have to do something different with each one. So you need to know what question they're on when a given input comes in and then, you know, and then handle it appropriately. So maybe you apply some kind of validation to it, or maybe you set a field in the database in their profile, like their first name or their, their, um, you know, smoking preference or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, how am I going to do that? Because if you think about it, I need you know I'm writing it in PHP, of course, and uh, and like when when the it, it, I like didn't want to tie the the um, the application code too tightly to what I knew was in the database. So like I, what I could have done is said uh, in the in the um, in the Jesus, confusing. So when somebody texts, okay, just randomly somebody texts. And like, oh, we have this phone number. Oh, look, they're halfway through the entry flow. Oh, look, we've been sitting here waiting for the answer to the question of how old they are. Yeah. So, so then I need to like dynamically call. I need to know what function to call at that point. Like I need, I need to know what to do. So I was like, how am I going to couple these two things together so that I'm not basically hard coding question number five into the PHP code? right because it can move like this is this is like the pilot program and the um the uh you know the the i can't put like the id of the record like if if the current last question to the person is id one two three four five then do this because that could easily get out of sync because they could first of all they could take that uh the uh, same question and put it in another flow or mm-hmm. if they don't answer it right away, then we could send it again and that case, it gets a different ID. And and I was like, oh man, this is oh, really that, tricky. That
1: gets really complicated really quick.
0: Yeah. So, and I, and I was, I'm like, God, this is so annoying. I need callbacks, <laughs> I, which is exactly what I need. I need a callback. And, So I was like, okay, okay, that's what I'll do. So I wrote a bunch of, I wrote a function to handle each question because there aren't an infinite number of questions; they're just like Mm -hmm. like twenty or so. So I just wrote a a callback for every question, and then in the database, I put the name of the callback in each record. So like, so for question, "How old are you?" the callback is uh, set participant age. Yeah. So there is a, a sort of dependency between the database and the PHP code,
1: but, but it's, it's not, it's not the
0: same as, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not hairy. It's not like something that, right. um, because there has to be some kind of dependency because I can't, uh, like this is a hundred percent, no sessions. There's no concept of a session, right? Wh- which is why I think this might be interesting, which I, is why I think this is interesting because like, on it's amazing how much you get for free on the web in a browser. Because the concept of a you know a cookie based session is like you just you know you log in and that's your set you know that you know yeah. who you're talking to, but um, that's not the case here. So basically, what we're doing is presenting a, we're dripping out a form question by question by question, and need to store it persistently at each step in a way that is bound together. I mean, we know it's we're assuming that it's if it's the same phone number, it's the same person.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you kind of have to make that assumption or else you can't do anything.
0: Yeah, but there's no way to it was really it was really hard for me to eventually come up with that. I was like, god, this would be so easy and like so easy in a browser. But um anyway, it's kind of a kind of a funny little thing. And then there's another uh, another issue that is uh, I'm not 100% happy with how I solve, it, but it does work,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is some questions uh sometimes it, in the entry flow, th- things will branch. So at one point, you're asked, "Do you uh, are you planning on quitting now? Yes or no? And if they say yes, then we say, great. Um, when are you planning on quitting? Or so no, it's it's like, "Do you are you planning to quit smoking? Yes or no? And then if they say yes, then it's like, great. When are you planning? Now, within a month, et cetera, et cetera. But if they say no, then you jump over that question. And yeah. it was like, all right. So how do I, it's funny because as I'm describing it, I can imagine that, that, that people listening will be like, that doesn't really sound that hard because logically it's not, but implementing it is brutal because you have to put code in the database. So like, like I had to, so what I ended up doing was saying um, every, every step has a next step. So if you're on step one, then the next step is next is step two and so on. And then on this particular one, Depending on a value, the next step is 12 or the next step is 13, depending on...
1: Yeah. you got to create this whole decision tree thing.
0: Right. So uh, I, I flirted with the idea of doing the same thing, which, which is create a, a function and put that in the... Instead of having a hard-coded next step of you know, 11, then put in a, a function name that was like, you know, decide next step at point whatever. Yeah. And then it would return true or false or re- return a value. But I was like, I don't know that it I didn't feel the same as the callback. So I was like, so I just put like literal and get ready get ready to cringe. I put literal PHP in that field of the database. Like if this value equals I know, then next step equals this, else next step equals that. And and it just evaluates that code in the PHP and you get the result. <laughs>
1: But I'm not sure we can be friends anymore.
0: <laughs> but so, I mean, I would love it if you could think of another way to do that. Yeah. But but what is it? Like, I, 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 hate I it Off too. the top
1: of my head, I'd have, to, I don't know, I'd have to dig into it further.
0: Right. Like, I I mean, maybe I'm going to continue to explore the idea of, put, of using the callback approach and having, like, a decision function in there. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that the decision function is going to be, is, well, I guess it's okay. It's heavily, it's heavily... Bound to that particular question, but I suppose there might be ones in the future that are now it's not because I have to say so like the the problem is that if i I would have to do a callback for every single one of those, I can't share them ever mm-hmm. because i'm 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 saying because i'm I'm saying go to twelve or thirteen, which is yeah. not going to be the same for another question, even if another yeah, question I, j- I
1: just start it's all fine until you want to start reusing questions in other flows
0: exactly. So, and the way that the, the way that the person who's doing the data entry is doing it is, you know, she did it in the way that seemed most obvious. Like if the answer to this is yes, then go there. If it's no, then don't go over there. So it's, it's totally, it keeps feeling like I'm writing a basic program, (laughs)
1: like
0: go to line, whatever. So anyway, it's been super, uh, super interesting challenge. It's like this stateless stateless it's kind of feels like a web app in a way to stateless sms app that is like ugh, it's got a mixture of code on the front end and the back end it's crazy it's crazy so anyway uh it's a it's a really fun exercise though and i and oh man is twilio awesome it's so <laughs> great i mean i want to
1: do something to play with it more
0: yeah it's this is this is fun this makes me want to do like more sms it's really cool yeah like, the twi- the SMS part's really super easy. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just funny having to try and think about programming something in this, like, drip, 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 drip type of approach.
1: hmm
0: Anyway, so people should check out Twilio. I'll be stoked when this thing goes live. People can check it out. It's not going to be until the fall, probably, but um, it's, uh, it's really fun. And as we've talked about, in very old episodes, there's something inherently... Um, friendly about an SMS application because it's there like it it's in there with all of your contacts. It's, it's not like a icon on your home screen. It's like in your contacts. So I dig it. Anyway, that's all. And, I and
1: everyone, everyone has SMS.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like there was a conversation like early on, um, about, you know, Oh, should this be an app or this sh- should it be SMS? And everyone, oh, they're
1: teens they're texting. <laughs>
0: yeah. They're texting. And well, I mean, it could have done it like, uh, like line or Skype or something, but because yeah. um, we were concerned about people who were paying for SMS messages, it's like can't we do this in a way that would be free? Mm-hmm. And uh, we could, but the the especially the target audience for this application is generally lower income mm-hmm. and minority and et cetera, et cetera. And so you know the the penetration of smartphones is a lot lower, and those are like exactly the people we wanted to like reach. So yeah. SMS was the obvious choice. And by the way, I went to a couple of focus groups. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you this. No. I, I went to a couple of focus groups where they brought in a bunch of kids. And, uh, you know, we sat behind two-way mirror. And 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 one of the people on the team interviewed them. Oh, my God. Like, I, I literally, my jaw was on the floor with, like, these kids are doing. It was like, I was like, oh, God. God I'm going to go home and ground Cooper right now. <laughs> it was horrifying to, like, hear some of the... I mean, I mean, they were all pretty good kids, but it was, just, I just couldn't believe how many of them were like smoking weed. They were like, it just, everything, they're just doing everything. I was like, wow. And I guess, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm not even sheltered. Like that's the way it was when I was a kid too. Like, like I had tons of kids yeah. in my high school that'd smoke up before class every day, but.
1: Oh yeah, I did too.
0: It didn't seem weird then though, but now man, oof, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I was horrified for like, it took me 48 hours to get over it.
1: Wow. Yeah. I was like, you know, there. when I was in high school, I had a lot of friends that smoked weed and it was like, uh, okay, that's nothing I want to be around, but I didn't think it was some major horrible thing.
0: You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get into it either, but I don't know.
1: At the thought of my kid doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's different. And some of this, some of there's some fun, like it's easier and cheaper for kids to get weed than it is to get cigarettes. I was like, Wow. And the other thing that came up from all of them, which is like, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, good news is that the sort of like s- smoking, smoking is bad for you message has completely penetrated. Like the, every single person there wanted to quit smoking. Yeah. It wasn't like they were it wasn't like we needed to convince them that they should quit smoking. They hate it. Like they don't like spending all the money. They don't like the smell. They don't like being judged by other kids and by adults. But none of them wanted to quit weed. <laughs> all, of them, all of them were like, oh, I'm not going to quit weed. We just, I just gotta get rid of this I gotta break the cigarette habit the, they're the worst which I just found really hilarious
1: it's like well why did you start in the first place like, oh, because I'm a teenager and stupid
0: yeah <laughs> almost all of them were like we have started smoking weed and then picked up cigarettes because other you know it was like weed was the gateway drug for cigarettes that's weird yeah and there was totally like there were kids that were totally like oh my dad started to hook me up with weed when I was 12 and I was like all right
1: Alrighty, Child Protective Services line one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, there's a lot going on there. It was pretty weird. I've never done a two-way mirror thing. It felt super yeah. creepy.
1: Yeah, that that would feel very creepy.
0: And then in the middle, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if I'll leave this in, but Snort. <laughs> in the middle of one of the interviews, one of the kids totally barfed. He just like he just was like turned around. And there's like a round table. Everybody was sitting around. He just like turned around and just like a gallon of puke came out of this kid. Just everywhere. went everywhere. It got in the kid next to him. It was, oh. And we're all behind the glass like, okay, what do we do? Okay, that's random. <laughs> it was so gross. And it was just so, kids are like, oh, my God. I'm not
1: looking forward to the teenager years, I don't think. I'm, I'm about to head into them.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Ah, so welcome to this week in parenting. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. The
1: awkward conversations ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah. Um, Twilio is awesome. Programming an SMS application is challenging, but a fun challenge. And... Teenagers just, are scary. Teenagers are scary, yes. And weed is really cheap. <laughs> 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 So there you have it.
1: They don't call it a dime bag for nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess not. All right. So let's shift gears and move over to, um, something near and dear to both of our hearts and probably something a little more easy to relate to, uh, for the web professionals in the crowd. Yes. Um, yeah. So sticky went live. We told you that last week, I believe. And we are sort of working out our process flow, and um, uh, and thought we'd talk a little bit about about that because, and I'm sure it's not rocket science to a lot of people. This is probably pretty standard for a lot of people, but um, if it's not, then it might be pretty useful for you. But
1: yeah, well, I'd say for a lot of people out there freelancing, it's probably not.
0: Yeah, because it was not
1: something I ever had to deal with until Sticky.
0: Right, like when you're when you're like long-term into a, yeah, that's true. Because usually with freelance stuff and like contract stuff, you're kind of done at the delivery and then somebody else takes over maintenance. Yeah. Um, But this isn't that, you know, the case here is that, you know, we we're living with it. So it's like, you know, for example, you know, in the old, the, the old symphony application that was all just jammed together on one server and all the files and everything was just all lumped together it was really hard. You couldn't do anything atomically. You had to just kind of like update the entire application, and, and there was lots of situations where it took so long to do it that you had to do, you know, if there was a, a show stopping bug, you had to do hot fixes on the server, and then your codebase was ready to sync. There was even one point where I gave up even on using Git on it because the, it was just so massive that, and Symphony creates all these files all the time, so you're like, yeah, it was. It just didn't help. So.
1: Yeah, and you had so much. A lot of it was WordPress backed, and so so much of the configuration and stuff, not just configuration, so much of the functionality actually was in the database. And right. Like, well, you can't version you the can't database. You really
0: can't version it. Yeah. So, like, so you there were you, yeah. We don't really even need to get into it, but there were, there were dependencies on WordPress that made it really hard to uh, for for something like Git to do anything meaningful for you. So, uh, so we're super stoked that the new. Uh, app which is completely built from the ground up, from scratch, and and we have it set up uh, so that you know we can do development locally, push to a staging server for people to test, and then once that is is get, you know has the seal of approval, we can just push to production. It's like like a single line of code, yeah, which allows us to just like do like this actually happened already once. There's like a huge show stopping bug and we didn't have to go do what we would have had to do in the old days, which is fix it on the server and then hope we got it right. You know, we could like, everybody just jumped on Skype and it was like fixed in staging. Everybody tested. Okay. It's work. Okay. push to production. Boom. Yeah. It was freaking awesome.
1: It was like five minutes when we are done.
0: Yeah. So you want to talk about like the technical aspects behind that and like the, the, you know, like the different tools that you're using to make that so easy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had a few different setups. Uh, I had a I had one setup when we were doing the initial development, and then once we got it live, I had to change things a bit in terms of just how I did things, but but not not with regards to technology. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, on from a technical perspective, I'm using Git for the version control, and I have um, Capistrano for deployment, and mm-hmm. then I'm using Rake to sort of like lump a bunch of Capistrano tasks into one command.
0: Cool. So the Capistrano calls like a rake task or something.
1: Uh, actually, uh, rake calls. Actually, rake does a few things. I have, well, I have, I have uh, the Git repository set up, and mm-hmm. then I have Capistrano, which manages deploying all of the code to the server. Mm-hmm. And then I have the rake task, which does things like, like I can, I can run the rake task to deploy, and it will push the code to GitHub, run the Capistrano tasks. Um make sure all of the database migrations are done mm-hmm. and then like make sure that the um, the message queue servers and stuff that we have are running in the background like sidekick and Redis and verify that those are all still running
0: cool that's awesome so we have a little thing we're working on our workflow process plan and one of the things that we're planning on implementing is doing uh, weekly releases so so it's like a little bit you know it's a, it's less fire drill and less mm-hmm. random and like qa everybody can just get into a routine so the idea is to push at midnight on monday to push plus to push to staging test for uh you know 24 to 48 hours and then on wednesday night push to production and if anything along the way uh in staging if somebody's like going through the release notes and it's like oh you know what um this this supposedly was fixed, or and it's not. Or this supposedly is fixed, but it's not fixed the way I wanted it. Uh, there was a misunderstanding or something. And the idea is to just pull it from the production release, and so, and, and then you know, and move it to next week, and just go forward with whatever did make it into uh, whatever uh, did get approved in testing. It'll actually go to production. So that's the that is the part. Everything makes sense to me except for that. Like, how are you planning to handle pulling stuff out? Atomically from the code base
1: um, I don't actually. What I plan to do is, once it's in dev, it stays in dev until it's fixed. Like I'm not gonna like if if we if we have something on the staging server that's broken, I'm not gonna pull it off of the staging server. It's gonna stay there until it's fixed. What I'm not gonna do is I'm not gonna merge it into the branch that into the stuff that's going into production.
0: Oh, okay. So what, so what, so you're pushing different branches to, you're pushing like different stuff to staging.
1: Yeah. What I'm doing is every, basically everything I do now, every bug fix, every new feature, every change is on its own branch. Okay. And then I'm merging those branches into our, uh, developer branch, which is the one that's gets pushed to staging mm-hmm. and we're testing all of that. And then uh, if you'll notice in my release notes, I have a branch name with mm-hmm. every commit.
0: Yeah, I did see that.
1: Yeah, and that's that's for my own reference, so I know what branches things belong to.
0: Okay, so when you and, go, yeah, so then yeah. when you go to merge, you just uh, merge into master and push that.
1: Right. Oh. Right. Well, actually, I have a I have what I call a pre release branch, which is that I can do all of that merging into. But that's basically just just for my own sanity to keep things clean. And then once that's done, then I just merge from that to master. Cool. Just to give another step there to be able to pull things out of if I need to, but. I mean, I could totally do it without is
0: cool. Oh, that makes sense because I wasn't sure how you're going to back it out. Um, great. That sounds like that sounds like much awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, um, one of the other things that has crossed my mind, and in fact, you just touched on it, is database migrations. Yes. And what, so, like, one of the, one of the sort of bottlenecks in that whole process is that you're the only one who knows how to do that. So, uh, if we were going to, let's say we merged, we pushed everything to, uh, master and then, I don't know, somehow a bug that we didn't catch made its way through and it was really a bad one. Mm -hmm. And then you go on vacation to Fiji for a week and, (laughs) and we're like, what do we do? So the concept is, um, like the way Capistrano works is really cool because it makes it easy to roll back to a previous version of the code. So I don't know if people know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the way it works is it it copies up like a fresh directory of whatever you're pushing, mm-hmm. and then it updates a, a pointer f- that is like your yeah I'm doing a terrible job explaining this. So like like on the server your the the web server is never hosting an actual folder. It's hosting. It's pointing at a pointer that's right it's,
1: it's pointing at a sim link.
0: Yeah, it's pointing at a sim link that's pointing at the current release. So you can upload a big chunk of files and like wait for that whole process to transfer. Boom 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 takes a minute, takes two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, doesn't matter. When it's finally there, then Capistrano just repoints the sim link at the new one so you don't have to update your web server or anything. So rolling back means just pointing the sim link at the previous release.
1: Yeah, and I think it keeps I think it keeps you can you can change it in the configuration, but I think I've got the past seven releases on there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's a rollback command that just running the rollback just running the rollback command will by default go back to the previous release. Mm-hmm. But you could always, you know, I believe you can issue the rollback command with with different releases, and it can 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 do it that way. Or you can always just log into the server and change the sim link yourself if you need to point to something different in a like an emergency case.
0: Yeah, that's true. So the, thing that, the question that raises, though, is what about the database?
1: Yeah, there, actually there are database migration tasks for doing rollbacks on the database. But generally speaking, most of the things we're doing now are, you know, we're maybe adding a field to the database here and there. We're not, we're not deleting or renaming or moving things at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it doesn't matter. matter.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you, it, you roll back the code, and you know, okay, you have a field in the database that's not currently being used. Right. You know, it's it's not going to break anything.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah, the database is just not changing that much.
1: But Sweet. if if it, if it were there, um, there are database rollback tasks as well. Cool. Both in um, inactive record and also in Capistrano.
0: Sweet. So, it's more of a pro. <laughs> power user move though i don't see i don't see even me doing that
1: yeah i I can't even see i can't think of a scenario at this point where we would need to do it because like i said all of our changes to the database for probably the last month have been additive
0: things right right.
1: so yeah there's something there that's not getting used it's just it's just not getting used it's not going to hurt anything right
0: oh cool um I don't know. I think that might be it. Do you have anything else?
1: <laughs> um, mild headache.
0: Yeah, me too. I think it's uh, allergies. I think it's allergies.
1: I think it is. My, my allergies have been horrible this season.
0: Mm, yeah, me too. Really bad. Well, all right, folks, that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you
0: join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye.